G'day everyone, this episode of the Talk Hard Podcast is brought to you by Trailer Skips Tasmania and Full Bore Skip Bins. If you're doing a bit of work around the house and you've got large amounts of waste items from household waste, green waste, building or renovation waste or heavy waste items and your piles are becoming bigger than Ben-Hur, give Dern a call to organise your trailer skip or full bore skip bin today. Trailer skips use a unique design incorporating a skip bin built into a trailer for easy removal and tipping. Or if it's a normal skip bin you need, a full bore skip bin will be the one for you. You don't even have to pick it up or dump it yourself. Dern will deliver it for you and he'll take it away and dump it. How good's that? Give him a call today on 0409 801 635. Trailer skips and full bore skip bins. Don't go the half job, go the full bore. G'day, g'day, welcome back to the Talk Hard Podcast. Get ready for the ride, here we go. My name's Jake. My name's Briley. My name's Jen. This is our father, Brendan Hingston's podcast, the Talk Hard Podcast. Yes, it is. It's not rocket science. Read the title. Thanks for that one, Jake. Anyways, so folks, we've got some good old people lined up for you this week. Our father will be blabbling some absolute shite. But if you do enjoy it, make sure you like, subscribe, and keep on listening. Sit back. Grab your miso and enjoy the show. Alrighty, enjoy! G'day guys, on today's podcast, one of the most highly decorated sports people in Tasmanian football, Kurt Hazelwood. Have a listen to these for stats. Former Tassie Mariners representative and captain... 1998 St Kilda AFL draftee, 2007 Bulldog medalist for the NTFL's Best and Fairest, 2009 Tassie medal for the TSL Best and Fairest, and he's gone on to become a highly successful businessman with his award-winning building company Hazelwood Homes. Kurt's a very private person and he doesn't do a lot of interviews, so I can't thank him enough for coming on my show and having a chat about his journey. It's a great chat where he talks about his pathway into the AFL system and the decisions and sacrifices he had to make along the way to get there, his time in the AFL system, the challenge of his sudden delisting and how he regrouped to forge a highly successful football career not only in Tasmania but also on the mainland. It's a great chat and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Let's get stuck in. Righto, Kurt Hazelwood, welcome to the Talk Hard Podcast. Cheers, mate. Um, <laughs> thanks for having me. No worries, mate. How are you? Yeah, no, going well. That's um, good. Yeah, no, nice and busy and uh, plenty going on, so that's good. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. Well, I'm a little bit nervous, mate, uh, mainly because <laughs> I know that this is generally not your go, so I want to make sure that I don't cock this up, um, because there could be other big names listening that want to come on this podcast, because <laughs> it's going to be massive, so we want to make sure that, um, that we sound like we know what we're doing, but... I'm sure that you're probably more nervous than me because obviously coming on a podcast as massive as this is the high point of your career. Oh, mate, it doesn't uh, get much bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> Tongue no. firmly in cheek. <laughs> no, mate, um, no, I'm more than happy to do it and um, hopefully it's, um, you know, by me doing it and a few other people can get around it and it's something that kicks off for you. Good on you, mate. No, I appreciate it. Um, so, like I said, we, we were talking off air. We generally go back to the start and sort of work our way through. So we obviously met sort of halfway through your journey we didn't know each other as young fellas or anything yeah. like that but i was only thinking the other day i remember the first time that you actually came on my radar that i'd heard of you so i was at don college so i would have yep. been about 17 18 years old and i just remember how big a buzz there was around don college that you know a local kid had been drafted so 
Um, that's why, you know, I was so keen to, to have a chat to you. Obviously, we'll talk about your, your business and that as well, which is highly successful and, and award-winning, as we know. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of kids out there on the northwest coast, particularly with football being a little bit... Um, a little bit iffy in Tasmania at the yeah. moment. It's good to give them that hope that it is still possible. So, mm. um, yeah, if you can just take us back to the beginning, mate. So, Olveston, was it that you grew up yeah, in? Yeah, so right? I grew up in um, at the back of Olveston in a place called Sprint and went to Sprint Primary School. Yep. Um, we had, a, you know, just a, only a little small little farm, 10 acres up there. Yep. Um, which was very good. And then we went to Olveston High. So, um, yeah, did the time there and then played, obviously, junior footy. Was school footy back then? Yep. Um, I think Olsen under 18s. I may have played a couple of games. Yep. Um, when I was in grade 10, and then um, that was when the Mariners program was starting to sort of get off. I'd played in a couple of state under 16s sides. Um, while I was in in grade 10. I think yeah, grade 10 we went to WA. Um, so then it was sort of to get into the Mariners sort of full time. I needed to um, cross come across to Devonport, which was a state league. Yep back then so ended up going to Don College and uh yeah had the one year there um played I think I played nine and nine half the year Devonport under 18s and yep. half the year Mariners and then the following year they yeah, asked me to move down there so yeah as a 16 year old I uh shipped out of home and big move yeah, yeah it was it was yeah sort of something you look back at now and sort of at the time you didn't think too much of it because that was what I wanted to do you know yep. I was pretty set that I wanted to be out play at the highest level and get drafted and yep. to that to happen, that's what I had to do. So yep. you had to make the sacrifice. Yeah, I don't know whether mum was overly excited about it at the time. <laughs> but um Your little boys leaving. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, so I moved down there. I um didn't want to go to school whether I didn't know anyone, so I asked him to find me a job. Yep. Um so I started a traineeship in grounds and maintenance at the Elwick race course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Up. So yep. Just it's like a curator sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah. just a bit of a ground sort of maintenance. It was just, you know, looking after the track and the gardens and all yep. that sort of stuff. And You'd be too young to bet, though, so that would be a bit <laughs> interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's funny, I never, I, I'm not a big punter. I, I could have easily been one. Yeah. Guess, um, yeah, a lot of the time was spent around the jockeys of the morning and yep. all the guys that worked there were obviously uh, right into it. Giving you all the tips. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, from then, from that point, um, I'd spent two years, two years playing... Um, so uh, playing the Mariners, um, and then yeah, obviously my last year I was lucky enough to get um, selected um, by St Kilda. So yeah, excellent. That was sort of yeah, in the first part of the journey in the footy side of it. Yep. So we'll obviously talk about the AFL in in a second, but you talked about like the sacrifice of having to to move down to Hobart. Were there any other sort of sacrifices or key things that you you felt that you did? Um, I don't know, for probably from the age of like fourteen to sixteen, seventeen, that 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 helped you get into that on the radar were you sort of were you a big trainer were you doing extras um, anything like that or no i was like i just i played a lot of cricket for, um before footy i probably enjoyed cricket more in the early days and then it sort of became a bit of those things cricket and footy it was a little bit too they were a little bit both too much so then i decided well I'll give the cricket away and concentrate on the footy yep um i think once you you sort of get into those into the mariners programs and that and you you make the effort to to move down there, I think you automatically you're in the system and you sort of yep. start. You know, you, you realise that you've got to do extras and yeah. And you know, it wasn't easy for me to start with. Like I said, I played nine. I was lucky enough to play like a over a period of three years for the Mariners, um, uh, nine games, and then I played 
the second year once I moved down, I played every game, and then in the last year I was, I was lucky enough to be the captain. So, yeah, um, yeah, but I no, I didn't. I think yeah, like I said, once you're in, once you're in there and realise what you got to do, it sort of just be, it becomes a natural habit. It just yep. sort of happens. You so know. you say you played cricket at a, at a junior level as well. Was there like a point where you realised that you were? And I know you're not going to say it, but that you were very good at football that you could actually make a bit of a living out of it. Oh, not not so much, and even um, I think I just I just enjoyed it more. Yeah, it was just a lot more enjoyable. Yeah, like, it was a lot more of my mates were playing footy, and yeah, I, did, I think it was that was the in the end that was the reason why I chose footy over cricket. Yeah, um, so you're a pretty good cricketer, pretty handy. Cricketer. Oh, it's okay. Like <laughs> I was, you know, I was yeah. Like I played um, a couple couple of ones games for Ol- for Olveston. You know, I was only fifteen, sixteen. So. Yep. Yeah, but it was okay. Like it wasn't, but I'm sure I was better at footy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I think the enjoyment side of it's a big thing too, isn't it? Like if if you love what you're doing, then it's going to come out in your play, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And yep. um, yeah, like I touched on before, it was just more enjoyment, and I had probably more mates doing it, so I was more more than happy to choose footy over cricket. Yep. So obviously playing through the the Mariners, were there indications early that you were likely to be drafted, or was it a bit of a shock when it happened, or? Um. Well, we had um, we had a, the under eighteen championship um, that we had in Melbourne. Um, I was lucky enough to I had a really good carnival, and I was lucky enough to make all Australian. Yep. Um, Were so, you an on bowler back? back yeah. Then? Yep. 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 So made on bowler, um, uh, all Australian as an on bowler. Um, so I had a really really good carnival. Um, so and then that year I was captain of the Mariners. Um, we we struggled. I think we only won two or three games of the year. So. We, from our point of view, from Tassie, we were, we were pretty ordinary. But, yep. um, but then we did okay at the carnival. Um, and then you go away to the draft camp and that sort of thing and you um, sit down with the recruiters come and talk to you. And I had a fair few, which is common, like most guys go there, the, the coaches talk to them. Yep. Um, but I yeah, I had a really long talk with Fremantle for some reason. I, yeah, okay. And I really, yeah, I, I actually thought when it came to the draft that I may, that if anywhere... That was where I was going. Yep. Um, and then also back back in those days, you could have um, there was still the AFL twos. So yep. if if an AFL side was short or had injuries, um, they often called players out of the Tac Cup okay. under 18s to come and to come and fill in. Yep. Um, which was pretty rare in Tassie because you had to, had to fly us over to play. Yeah. But I was um, Carlton actually. I went over and played two games for Carlton. Okay. Yep. And um, one of the games I got in the best in the best players so then I obviously had a big talk with them um, and sat down with them for a fair period of time so and you know and probably another half a dozen clubs but at the time it was yeah I had in my head if, if I was lucky enough to get picked up or either be Fremantle or Carlton yep yeah. so it's not like you hear those stories of recruiters coming over and sitting around with mum and dad around the kitchen table that sort of thing it wasn't that yeah, sort of yeah no setup. it wasn't like that <laughs> <laughs> nothing like that and it was just like I said the draft camp sort of designed in that way that yep. everyone's there and they can sit down and pull you out and have a chat to you and whatever. Yep. Yeah. So. Okay. So taking uh, pick number 70, is that right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. 1998. 1998. Yep. Yeah, cool. number 70. She was uh, pretty late. <laughs> <laughs> Better late <laughs> was, than never, I was, mate. I was getting a bit itchy by then. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. So was that, obviously it's a big deal now, but was it was it on the radio? Did Were you in a room or how, how did it work back in the day? Yeah, it was, um, it is yeah, it's sort of crazy when you actually think about it. I don't even think I was listening to it. Right. Yeah, I, I think it was on, it must have been on some radio or something, but yep. 
I remember one of my mates was ringing up and saying such and such had been picked up, such and such had been picked Because that year there was, um, there was five guys from the Mariners that got picked up. So yep. we like, Tassie did really, really good. Yeah, um, it's a bit different now, isn't it? The yeah, like those Brady, Brady Rawlings who was at Wenis, a 17-year-old. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Peter Street, yep. Luke Spears. Um, yeah, no. Does, yeah, Brad Green, he wasn't around that nah, time. No, he was a bit after me. Okay, yeah. yep. I'm sorry for the person that I've forgotten. There. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll pick them up yeah. later on. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah. So it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't like you sat down and we on the TV and we watched it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just remember getting got the phone call from uh, Luke Beveridge, who was the um, St Kilda recruiting officer back then. Yeah. Yeah. And rang said, "Yeah, we've we've picked you up." And yeah. Yeah, and then it wasn't. Yeah, like it wasn't news reporters sitting around there waiting around for me. But later on, later in the day, you know that. I think the news come up and did an interview and, yep. and so on. Cool. Yeah. So obviously then had to uproot over to Melbourne then? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So once again, I um, yeah, packed the bags and went over to Melbourne, which was obviously, yeah, massively not huge. Like you're that excited, you're that pumped. Yeah. That you've um, worked pretty hard to get, get this number one thing and yep. yeah, you finally get it. And then uh, yeah, you get over there and yeah, it's a big shock because rolled into... Um, St Kilda, which obviously had some pretty big names at that time. You yep. know, Robert Harvey had just come off back-to-back Brownlows. Brown yep. Um, you know, they were actually, they'd just been beaten in the grand final in 97, I think it yep. was. So, so Stan Alves was the coach? No, nah, Tim, Tim Watson had just been appointed, so okay. he was a new coach. So yep. uh, I just rolled into, he was the new coach. And, you know, there was some, yeah, like Stewie Lowe, Nathan Burke, and, you know, Lee on a Barry yep. Hall and these sort of characters. It yeah. Was, it was a pretty intimidating place to walk into. So, <laughs> so how were they when you did first wander in? Was it like it is now? Obviously, they're very welcoming to young players. Or was it back in the day when you sort of had to earn your stripes and they wouldn't speak to you until you got a uh, kick and that sort no, of thing? It wasn't or? too bad. Like it's it's probably uh, obviously it'd be a hell, hell of a lot better nowadays. Yeah, the way that a lot we, of education yeah, and that sort right. of thing. Yeah, but yeah, I remember meeting. Um, just met there's three of us that went in there, and uh, Stephen Baker was another guy that got picked up, and I didn't even know who he was until I went in the room oh my god that's that bloke that used to tag me all the time that, <laughs> prick, from, that prick from Geelong Falcons well, he pinch you and punch you yeah, and stuff with his rude haircut um, <laughs> yeah so that was um, pretty interesting but like it was yeah it was different very different like it wasn't just one moment where we just got introduced to everyone it was we went to training the next day and a lot of the older guys and Robert Harvey and those blokes weren't there so it was yep. probably just they sort of filtered back in when I was allowed to he was um he was on his own special program, Robert. Yeah. Because um, he just trained his uh, butt off. Yeah, he so was a machine, to, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, they had to put him on a restricted program. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. wind him back a bit. Yeah, he's pretty crazy. Yeah, mm. yep. Um, so that was one thing I was going to ask you too. So in, in those first early months when you were there, was there anyone that sort of took you under their wing or anyone that you sort of tried to, obviously Robert Harvey would be a great example, but somebody that you modelled yourself on that you thought, right, well, this is what I've got to do to... Yeah, no, I didn't really model myself on anyone. It was just more, I don't know, you're just probably trying to fit in, I suppose, and then yep. trying to get to know blokes. And obviously all the young draftees are there. You're trying to, you already got a feel for who a few of them are. Um, but um, there's a guy called Jason Trinides, he yep. was and Max Hutchin. They were really, yep. really good to us. They sort of um, took, took us on the wing a little bit, I suppose, and showed us around and... Yeah, showed us a few nightclubs. Yeah. Was, yeah, so it was <laughs> showed you everything. Yeah, so yeah, in that sense, it was probably that. And then on the training track, well, you're probably just in a bit of awe, really, of the guys of Robert Harvey and, like I said, Nathan Burke and those yep. sort of guys. You just 
yeah, Aussie Jones, like, I'll, yeah, probably to this day over the knee and Callan and probably Aussie Jones is the most skillful player I've ever ever come across. Yep. So left and right foot was just yeah, training was just unbelievable. Yeah, you wouldn't so, want to shank one or shank no, one. No, that's the thing. You? Like you, you go to training and you literally, oh, I can't stuff this up. I yeah. can't stuff this up. So you. Sitting at the line, just going right. <laughs> and I've got to say, there's a story. Stephen Baker used to, and this is no a lie. He used to, it'd be him in line. He used to go back down the line and pretend he was stretching because he didn't want to stuff the drill up. <laughs> and he probably wasn't the best kick anyway. No, he? but he, yeah, to his credit, he did become, uh, you know, he did become a very good, kick, reliable yeah. kick. You know, just over that twenty meter kick. He, yep. in the end of his career, he was yeah, he was pretty, pretty good kick. Yeah. No, there's certainly a lot of pressure on you, though, when you've got those blokes or Barry Hall, Stewie Lowe leading out too, and you've got to <laughs> yeah, hit them. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so what, was the, what was the day-to-day sort of schedule like back then? Was that back in the day where you still had to have a job, or was it fully professional then? Or? No, when we first got there, it was, um, it was still probably f- fully professional. We, yeah. um, we had, as well as it probably wasn't, um, we, had, <laughs> we, had a, we had one day off a week, so then all the other days were pretty much training in the morning you know regardless of like Sunday was always recovery and all that sort of stuff at the pool and then on a Monday you do all your reviews and stuff like that and then you light training and then yeah it was either the Wednesday or the Thursday that you'd, you'd have one day off yep. um, and it probably wasn't till um, maybe halfway through our first year or towards the end of it they wanted us to try and go out and get a job okay. just do something else yep. so we'd, whether you'd applied to do a course or something like that and yeah. I ended up just working at the ground at Moorabbin um, yeah. with another guy called Tim Elliott who was a player was on the Saints list he was a ruckman he played a few games there yeah. for a while he um, yeah he was a groundsman there he did the same thing just a couple of days a week so I ended up just doing a few days a week or not a few days one day a week with him just sort of mowing lawns and yep. tidying up the place which was pretty run down the whole Moorabbin so yeah yeah, there was a fair bit to do. Yep. But, at, yeah, they just wanted us to, which is good, just to try and take your mind off footy, I suppose, and give yep. you something else and maybe line something up for later on down the track. Yep. Cool. So you you spent two years on St Kilda's list, is yeah. that right? Yep. yep. So were you named captain of the reserves, is that right? No. No, sorry, no. I did I did my research wrong there, but it must have been captain of the Mariners that I saw. But uh, yep. Yeah. So how many games did you end up playing? Seniors. Uh, for the reserves. Reserves. Yeah. Oh, well, so I don't think I missed any games. So it would have been the two, and we played finals. Both we made the grand final in the first year. So, yep. which looking back was actually pretty cool in itself. We um, guess like I said, it was back and it was a AFL twos then. So we we played on grand final day before the seniors. Um, yep. it was North Melbourne Carlton ninety ninety nine. Yeah, um, was it filling up pretty well? By yeah, the time you yeah, played? it was crazy. Like yeah, when we played Essendon, and Essendon had um, yeah, they got the better of us on the day. Um, they had the yeah, the Johnson brothers and yep. a few of the older guys back in the side. Stevie Milne, who ended up coming to um, St Kilda the That's next right. year. Yeah, he started um, on their list, didn't he? Yeah, so he started there. I actually played on him. He kicked a few on me, a little rat. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a pretty big day. It was pretty funny. We actually got um, we got tickets, obviously, to stay and watch the the seniors. But um, so we got allocated our seats. But all us guys were sort of in the we got beat so we're all like, oh, we'll just go back to the footy club yep. so on the way out we um, sort, sort, sort of went our different ways said oh, we'll see what we can get for these tickets scalp them end up scalping our tickets and yeah. um, got, went back to the went back and met up and yeah I think I got like 300 bucks of mine so it was like, I was happy Good night days. out yeah. on the piss there we go <laughs> a few of the boys come back oh, I only got 150 for mine so yeah. Was, yeah, no, it was, 
it's a pretty funny look back at it. Now, I've actually never been to a grand final um, day. Yep. And now I look back and go, well, why, why didn't I stay there and watch <laughs> yeah. it? But, you had the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty bizarre. Saw the lure of the block bright lights and off you went. Yeah, that's it. In, <laughs> end of the year, we uh, better have a few beers. <laughs> yeah. So um, did you crack the senior side at any stage? No, I didn't. I had um, I played in a few of the pre-season games. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I just... Yeah, I just couldn't uh, couldn't get the opportunity to have a, get a game. Yeah, um, which is yeah obviously disappointing. And at the time um, when you put so much into it, you just sort of want 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 the opportunity to have a crack at it. Yeah, um, and I was playing you know I was playing pretty reasonable footy in the twos, which I thought I was. And I yep. had a few people sort of saying, "Yeah, you'll get you'll get a go here sooner or later, surely." And yeah, St Kilda in a pretty like we were, they were pretty ordinary too. We were, um, we didn't have the Best uh, two years under Tim Watson. He got he got um, shown the door after the two years as well. And then Malcolm yep. Blight came in because um, we went away at the end of my second year. We went away on our footy trip and then come back. And so I hadn't been told whether I was staying or going. Um, so we come back from our footy trip and they all, they did um, called a fitness test on us. Yep. So we all came in and did that. And I actually did quite well in it, which I never usually did do too well in the beat tests and all that sort of stuff yep. but for some reason I must have come back okay from the footy trip yep. and a few of the other boys must have been struggling but um, <laughs> so I did alright so I thought oh that's not a bad sign the new coach would be pretty happy with that and yep. then um, yeah I never even really met him he just sort of came in and I think they he did they cleaned out 15 guys right. that year so yeah yep. and I was one of them so it was pretty I don't know a bit of a no brainer for him I suppose looked at looked at list I'd been there two years and hadn't played so yeah um, we'll We'll get someone else. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, were you named emergency, or were you close at all? Or? Yeah, I was pretty close on a few occasions. I'd um, uh, had Andy Andy Collins, who was our played for Hawthorne. Didn't yeah, you? Hawthorne, yeah. defensive coach. Yeah, um, I was pretty close with him because um, when I got there, they they um, like got drafted as a midfielder, or you know, and then I um, tried to play me. In the, I played down defence the whole time, sort of small back pocket, half back flank. Yep. Um, so I pretty much spent two years of trying to learn learn that sort of role, which is that was fine. That's just, that's what I had to do. That was what I had to do. Yeah. Um, and then he, yeah, Andy Collins was that. Well, that was sort of the role he played. So he was, yeah, he was really good to me and good mentor. Sort of said he seen a bit of himself in me, and he was, uh, yeah, he was a big advocate for me. He was knocking the door trying to get me a game, but yeah, yep. just couldn't con- <laughs> couldn't convince him to give me one. Yeah, right. Yeah. Huh? So do you sort of have any insights into why it didn't sort of work out how you would have liked it too? Was it just bad bad timing or was there anything in particular? That no, thought... there's nothing in particular. Like, like I said, I was playing reasonable, like good footy in the twos to warrant. Like, like I said, I had Andy telling me to go and knock on the door and ask him if to play, which I did. Yep. Um, went and seen him and said, can you play me this round? I want to play on Philip Matera, which... Would have been a pretty scary task without a game <laughs> off. If that's what you got to do, probably, that's what you got to do. Probably would have kicked 15 on me, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, but that didn't, yeah, just didn't happen. He just sort of said, um, look, yeah, you're in the mix. Depending on how the side goes and you go on the weekend, you'll be in the mix next week for sure. Yep. I think they got beat by 90 and I got second best on them. <laughs> didn't get, you know, I didn't really get a run in. So, yeah. you know, that's that's fine. I've got no grudges about it. It's just, that's just what it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know you're probably not going to name names, but have you got any funny stories or anything from the AFL system, like any of these guys, the tricks that they get up to and that sort of thing? You can name names if you like, but it's up up to you. You probably yeah. Oh, that, so. oh, I've got a lot of stories. We're going to warrant this show, but um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, We've got a broad a cla- audience, mate. Yeah, you can talk to anyone. There's a classic, you know, the the Barry Hall 
one like we used to actually he actually used to like us as the younger guys he used to sort of one of you boys coming out come out with me this weekend or whatever yep. and he was really good like there's Stephen Baker and obviously that got on really well with Barry and um, you know Barry used to have this he had this guy he's one of his good mates and he was just a um, I shouldn't, I'm only a little fella myself but he was just this little pocket rocket he used to just chirp off when he was out on the town and yep. then um, as you would if you got Barry yeah, standing next to you and that's pretty much what used to happen he's yeah. a big mate Barry would come in and I'm sure, that, I'm sure that's where a lot of um, Barry's troubles came from he's yeah. just sticking up for his mate um, yeah there's a few just the normal sort of stuff. The old got a bit carried away and slept in and missed rehab and then rock up to rehab and that sort of stuff. And did you ever do that? Yeah, I did that, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> it's probably why I didn't, never got a game. But yeah, I rocked up um, probably half hour late to the recovery session and then yeah, I think I had to punch out 100 laps or something stupid before yep. I was allowed to leave. Um, yep. Yeah, so that was... Oh, no, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad, really, when I think about it. It was pretty <laughs> embarrassing when you, you roll in with those... There's some of the names I was talking about before. Yeah. And, you know, you're hung over because you've had a big night. And Did you just slink into the end of the line, did you? Or well, did I tried you know? to sneak in, but that didn't happen at all. <laughs> <laughs> Our fitness bloke soon grabbed hold of me and said, get over here. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah, it should be a struggle after a big night. Yeah, it wasn't hard enough to get up, obviously. Let <laughs> <laughs> alone doing um, 100 laps. Yeah. Yeah. So um, so you came back to Tasmania about 2005, is that right? And Tassie Devils, 2005? Yeah, 2005. Yeah, it was, yep. yeah, 2005. Yep. Yep. So obviously in between, I don't know a lot about what, what happened there. So yep. there's about, what, four or five four years? years. Yeah. yeah. So whereabouts did you go after um, the NFL? Yeah, so when I got delisted, um, a good mate, uh, best mates, Matty Gapen, um, from Hobart, who I ended up living with when I was down playing Mariners. Yep. Um, lived with the Gapens. Um, and at that time for Mariners, he was um, injured. He had a lot of knee trouble. And I never actually got to play with him. And he just sort of said, oh, when you we didn't realise it, but it ends so soon. Mm. But when you finish footy over there, we'll go, we'll go play somewhere. So yep. then, um, I wasn't thinking too much of it. Like when you, when you get there, listen, it's um, it is a pretty big kick in the guts, to be honest. Yep. Like it, you spend two years, well, you spend whatever years you do trying to get there, and then you get there, and then you have two years of pretty much living with, um, living with guys, and then you know you spend all day every day with each other. Yeah, and then you you turn around and say. Yeah, I'm out of here, boys. Yeah. See us later. So, yeah, yep. it was pretty... Yeah, I found it pretty hard, to be honest, that it was a big kick in the guts to just yep. be told that you're delisted and you've got to move on with all these good mates that you've spent the last two years with that, oh, yep, right So Yeah. And then, you know, I wasn't real sure what I was going to do. Where, yep. where I, was, I had Andy Collins, again, had sort of, sort of mentioned that he might have been able to get me on a rookie list at Hawthorne. Um, but back then, there was no, like, it was just small money like it was no money in a rookie list I think it would have been probably $15,000 or something to yeah, be on a rookie right. list so then I couldn't afford or didn't want mum and dad didn't expect mum and dad to then have to pay me rent or then would have had to fork out money to do that to try and just get on a rookie list and then not no guarantees of whether you're actually going to get on there so you would have had to I would have had to train the whole pre-season and all that and all. so yeah. in the end um yeah I'm getting back to um, Matty Gapen that he rang up and said oh righto where are we where are we going to play um, and at the time, I said, oh, I don't care, mate, wherever. And he had a connection in Canberra. Um, Canberra, right. Yeah, yeah so okay. of all places, <laughs> the yep. last place I would have thought I'd ever end up playing footy. Yep. Um, but, yeah, they flew us up there for a weekend to have a look have a look around. Um, club called Eastlake. Yep. Um, and they'd just done the Monica Oval, just been done up, and that was their home ground. And oh, they, yeah, cool. they had all the new facilities there. So 
and they're throwing some pretty good dollars around. So, yep. yeah, we ended up going up there and having a really good time. It was pretty fun. Me and Kat hadn't seen each other for probably 12 months. So we got up there and carried on a bit and... <laughs> they're probably thinking to themselves, geez, what are we, gonna, what are we doing with these We'll blokes? be recruited here. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's it panned out. Yeah, we ended up going up there and I think we didn't move up till, um, so then I moved back <clears throat> from Melbourne back to, back home to Devonport and then I think I did a bit of the pre-season with Devonport because um, I'd signed with East Lake up in Canberra and then we I think I moved up there like late February. It was yep. pretty late when we moved up there, like February, early March and I actually spent ended up being there for four years. So. Yeah. So how did you, what sort of footy did you play up there? How'd you go? Did yeah, you no, good. So the, the, the first year we won the flag, and the, um, so which I've got a 20-year reunion um, in July for. Yep. So, um, yeah, which is pretty special. It's the only senior flag I end up winning over the journey. Yep. Um, and I've still got good mates. There's about five or six of us that have a punters club, and we go away uh, once every year. So, yep. yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's a pretty special, special memory, that's for sure. And, you yep. know, if we can still be... Uh, Still every year, once a year, celebrating it. And then now we've got our 20-year reunion in July. So, it's, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's actually really good footy up there. It surprised me. Um, any of, ex, ex, other ex-AFL players getting around up there? Um, there's a few that sort of filtered through. But there's sort of like, um, there's a lot of it was a strange sort of footy. Because there's all rugby background. Yep. There's a lot of um, a lot of big guys, like yep. big centre-half forwards <laughs> and centre-half backs. Yeah, and um, one side particularly in Queen, and they had a lot of big centre forward and that this bloke used to just peel off the line and just take the, the midfielders yep. midfielders out which I never really you know never really sort of come across it's probably a bit like an Andy Goodwin I suppose yep. that, that, those sort of intimidating sort of blokes they yep. had a couple of those sort of figures and um, you'd be looking over your shoulder a bit yeah there. <laughs> and being that rugby background it was yeah it was pretty physical footy like pretty hard tackling they're all really good tacklers and yeah, so on um, yeah so I was lucky enough to yeah win a flag in the first year and then um, Matt Cat moved home after that year, and then I sort of ummed and ahed because we'd signed for two years, and I ummed and ahed whether to go back or not. And then I thought, oh no, I actually don't mind it here. And then, yeah, end up staying for four years, which is pretty bizarre because when I look at it now and I go back to Canberra, I think that place is shit. <laughs> <laughs> how many reasons do you go no, there? But how, did I, how did I spend four years here? But I suppose when you, you know, you're with your mates and the footy club that you enjoy, you, yep. you always, you're always going to have a good time regardless of where you are. Yep. And you're working up there too? Yeah, and that's yeah, I was working. I same thing. I was on. I was getting paid pretty good money, so I was only doing. I ended up doing the same sort of thing. Got into the landscape and worked at a golf a golf course for a while, um, and then I ended up working for the um, the actual footy club and AFL, just doing junior development stuff yep. the, around the schools and Oz kick and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, cool. After after school care and all that sort of stuff. So that was um, yeah. I, was, I didn't mind that. It was all yeah. right. Excellent. Um, yeah. Um, while you were up there, was there ever a time when you sort of harboured ideals of going back into the AFL again, or once you left, that was it? Did you ever? Was, yeah, was the no. fire still burning? Or no, I sort of, yeah, I sort of didn't really. I just sort of thought that was, you know, that was it. I didn't. It's probably a little bit different now, though. I suppose you get a bit more older guys. It's probably looked at, but well, back mm. then it was you. Know, you got drafted and you made it, or you didn't. There wasn't too many guys that came into the system like older guys so yep. yeah no I didn't really to be honest with you I didn't really no it wasn't really anything that was on the radar I just thought oh yeah I've had had the opportunity and that's that's gone and that's passed and I was yeah I was just probably just up, up in Canberra having a good time really yep yeah so from there is it did you come back to Tassie from Canberra yeah so yep. once again me old mate Cat talked me into coming down playing Devils I was gonna yep. I was gonna come back and play with Devonport because I always 
always wanted to do that, and I'd never, because I'd never played a senior game before I left at Devonport. I'd, okay. I'd, I'd played, um, I played under 18s obviously, and won a couple of um, flags in Devonport under 18s, and yep. I'd never had the opportunity to play seniors because I was always playing um, Mariners, and if we had a week off, we sort of had to be rested or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I always had in my head that I obviously wanted to come back and at Devonport, and that's you know where my family were, so I was always going to come back but then Kat sort of talked me into coming down and have another have a have a year with the devil so then it would have been yeah 2005 that had the year there um which was good fun we um had some good times down there too and we we're pretty that year at devils were pretty successful we ended up getting beat in a semi-final i think at yep. bell reeve and i think we nearly had 12,000 12,500 people there yeah so they actually had a really good following and it was yeah it was a pretty good vibe around around the whole devils program back then yeah mm. okay so, was it only one year you spent with? Yeah, the I had the one year and then, yep. and then, then back I just to back up the coast up here. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, did, were you with Devonport during their run of grand finals that they made? Were you? All right, so then it was, was two, it three years in a row. Or yeah, something so then made? my first year back Devonport was two thousand six, and we got beat um, in the grand final with Launceston. But I think that was Devonport's third loss in a row. Okay. So, yeah, yep. I'd missed the first two and then come back for the last. Yeah, yeah, that's one. <laughs> so, as their trend doesn't really change, does it? <laughs> no, no, it hasn't. Hopefully, they turn it around. Though. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, um, how many years did you spend playing for Devonport? Then, did you retire and come back at one stage? Yeah. Or? So, that was two thousand six, and then I played. Um, then it went back to the state league, obviously. Yep. The new state league, um, and then it was two thousand and nine. We must have played in the grand final again against Clarence down there. Um, and then 2000, what was it, 2010? It must have been 2010 it was. Yeah, 2010 we played. In the, and then um, we had a Errol, sort of, Errol Bourne was our coach, and he sort of left. Um, and then they had a really big exodus. I ended up going uh, going over to WA, um, working, um, building over there. So I went over there, ended up being over there for two years. I was only going for 12 months to start with, but ended up two years. And then in my the second year, so I had that year off, and then the second year, I played a few games. I'd come back for a fortnight and then played a couple of games and then go back over there and then when I come yep. back home, I'd play. So, um, big Max Brown was coaching then. So, um, yeah, he talked me into just playing a few games while I was home. So, yep. and then, um, and then Mitch, yeah, that's when Mitch Fork took over. So then I'd sort of had finished again, and then Mitch convinced me to um, play again. So then I played, yeah, two more years. Yep, excellent. Under Mitch, yeah, yep. So you obviously had a, a highly decorated career with Devonport. I won't reel it off because that'll just embarrass you. But what was um what were some of the best players that you that you played with and against? Like, is there anyone that sort of stands out during that time that you always used to have a bit of a struggle with, or um, anyone that jumps out? Oh, like locally, yeah, up here, yep. yeah. Um, obviously, it's a pretty it's a pretty good comp. Like, there's some good players. Like Lonnie were very very strong. Yeah. guys like Derbyshire and that like that grand final that first year back here was. Just kicking them from sixty out, yep. from left, right, you know, from all player. over the place, and so like guys like him and Scotty Stevens and those sort of guys who were obviously gun midfielders, and you know, and, and then the likes of the Bernie boys and all that. So there was always, yeah, there was always rivalries and always good midfield battles and and close games and yeah, yeah. So it was, you know, like um, oh, you know, Wuffy Smith and those sort of blokes. You know, there's a lot of there's a when you go back through the list, there's a lot of pretty some solid players getting around back then. Yep. Mm. If you had to pick one, who do you reckon would be the the pick of them? Oh, yeah, if you're good. picking a super coach side <laughs> out of the NTFL. Oh, good question. Like, there's 
blokes like Cade Monday and all that, like they, like you think of his career, it's just ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> you know, he only, still fin- going, only I think, finished last. I think he only finished last year. Yep. Um, yeah, he was fucking oh, crazy. But I, yeah, Clinton Riley, a guy from that played at Smith and then played at Clarence. He used to always tag on, he tagged yep. me, and yeah, we had some great battles. And yep. I think he won a Bulldog medal or something. Yeah, he did. Stage, like, he's a really player. Like, he yeah. towed me up in the grand... We played Clarence in the grand final. He towed me up. I don't think he only got a couple of kicks. So, like, he was probably, yeah, the the one that I probably struggled the most with. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you're obviously very loyal to Devonport. Like, you only ever... Um, mm. You only ever played at Devonport. I've got no doubt that there were plenty of offers to go elsewhere. Was there ever a time when you did consider going anywhere else? Or? Oh, the... Locally, I mean. Yeah, look, there was, there was, I did think about it, but it was only probably purely from, um, oh, like East Devonport sort of approached me on a couple of times. The first time I was probably, um, it was probably more of a financial reason, look, that of that. And then, but I'm sort of, I, I just sort of ummed and ah and thought, look, I'd probably put so much into this sport that if I go to another club that I know that, I didn't want if I was going there. I didn't want to drag um, people there for the wrong reasons. I didn't yep. want to do that. And then I was still playing, and I always had this thing. Well, why, why worry about coaching when you can, you know, playing's hard enough. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Let alone like Extra trying pressure. to coach at the same time. You know, and I've said that to a few people since. Um, yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, I just, just didn't really. It's not. It wasn't me. And like yep. I say, I was pretty loyal. And I, yeah, I obviously thought about it, had a chat with them, and that's as far as it went. Yeah. Um, and then you know just obviously to later on in the career to go play in the country and whatever and that sort of stuff but same thing I didn't really I wasn't really interested in that I was sort of happy with um, you know I, was, I think I was 36 when I finished so you yep. know I'd had a good run yeah <laughs> um, yep good long so career so I didn't really need to I didn't really need to be running around out in the country that's yep. for sure do you still have anything to do with Devonport or do you go along and watch them very often or no I haven't um, over the last few years it's been pretty hard because just I'd, it's sort of one of those things. I'd obviously want to. I'd like to be involved, but I just don't have the time with my with work and family and stuff like that. Um, yep. But at the moment, um, my nephew Jace's little boy Zach's playing in the under eighteen, so I've been down and watched um, a couple of games there. So which is yeah, it's good to get back down there. And yep. um, the Anzac Day here a couple of weeks ago, we would have, we sponsored the the jumper. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah, that looked really good. The Guernseys. Yeah, so that was yep. that was good. We had the sponsors box down there, so that was yeah. So those little things. That's when you get down there, you sort of. Brings back a few memories yeah. of how, you know, how good footy clubs are, and that. But yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Do you um obviously everyone's got an opinion on footy in Tasmania at the moment. Do you sort of keep up to date with how things are going? Do you sort of do you look at it and think that they got it, they're getting it right slowly, or is there anything that you think they could do better? Or. Uh, I'm not like I don't. I don't really try and have too much of an opinion on all that sort of stuff. Not like I just sort of think back to when. When I was playing, that the, I thought, and I was always pushed the Mariners was, I'd, like I think it's the first step, and I'm sort of starting to get that yeah. right again now. Yeah. Um, I think you need to have that pathway just for the juniors for something to strive for, and like I said, it was very successful in in my era. That you know the year, '98, we had five Tassie guys drafted. Like, yep. that has that hasn't happened since. Yep. You know, and there's probably only been five in the last ten years yep. <laughs> out yep. of the state. So. Yeah, so I look at that and think it's that's just something that has to be, yeah, a lot of money put into. And then, and but then on the flip side, I also thought the Devils worked really well. Like I thought that was, 
the great like it's obviously high high standard of footy and at that state with the year that I played it was majority of the side was all Tassie guys so, yeah yeah mm. had that following yeah and it was something that the north south thing you know that just that still sort of annoys me if you like south's where it's going to be yeah. <laughs> it's going to be and it's a little bit I think with the stadium they're talking about now if there's a side well I think it's going to be down in Hobart anyway yep do you think they'll get a side? Don't know. Yeah, yeah it won't be any time soon. No, I wouldn't have thought. I but. The COVID's obviously probably put a put it on the back burner for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, but back to the yeah. I, yeah, I just think that the Mariners is obviously the way to go, and that yep. they've got that sort of set, settled down. I think um, they've got to put them on show. These kids don't. Yeah, they? that's right. Um, and to make you know, and to there's I wasn't I wasn't the only guy that moved down there from here. There was a number of guys that back then that. You know, moved down there, shipped out of home to just go down there and have a crack at trying to play Mariners week in, week out. Um, you know, and it was it was pretty cool. Like we were, we didn't, you know, everyone sort of looked at it then go, oh, the travel that was that. We didn't, we didn't never looked at it like that. It was oh, yeah, cool. We're getting on a plane, going to Melbourne. Yeah, and you know, fly over and stay somewhere the night, and then get on a bus and go out to Ballarat and play, and then <laughs> come back and fly back. Like, we actually enjoyed it. Yep. Yeah. So bit of an adventure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm sure. It'd be the same situation now. I'm sure all those young guys actually enjoy yep. doing it when they actually get to go away and play in Melbourne somewhere. Yep. Mm. Excellent. So obviously that's your your footy career, but tell us a little bit about post footy. So obviously you you're a qualified builder, so then you decided to to go into um out on out into business on your own. So how did Hazelwood Homes come about? Yeah, it was probably more the building. So I started as a, an adult apprentice. Obviously, when I came back to Devonport, it sort of that's probably the reason why I left Canberra. I was sort of just going nowhere I was just didn't really have anything lined up I didn't really um yeah like I said I was just sort of filtering through there for four years and wasn't really going in that career wasn't really going anywhere yeah, I was getting paid good, good money to play footy but I didn't really have any um work you know base to go and then that's when I decided well I'd like to become a builder um so then I when I moved to Hobart I just did some labor work pretty much for a building company for the 12 months and then um Got a um, apprenticeship up here with um, got Darren Collins from CBC that went he went out on his own. So I sort of grew up with him, and he said, "Oh well, if you want an apprenticeship, we'll do that." Yeah. So then I did my time with him, and then uh, went on work with no with Damien Oliver. Yeah. Went work with him, and then then that's when I went over to work for him for a couple of years, and then that's when I went to WA, and that's when it probably hit home that was over there probably working and running jobs and then I just sort of thought didn't and Jason my brother went away as well he was sort of up more north working um and I sort of sort of hit home we didn't really want to come back and work for anyone else and yep. thought stuff it we'll have a we'll have a crack at it and yep. yeah come up with Hayeswood Homes and yeah the rest is history yep. so <laughs> yeah. how long have you been around now it's sort of gone pretty quick yeah, 2013, I think, so we started. Yep. So, yeah, what's that, eight years? Yeah, mm. yeah. And did you sort of had to do a few hard yards to begin with, I'd imagine? It didn't just all sort of fall Yeah, no, there's certainly not uh, as much going on as there is now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember when we first started, it was really quiet here in Tassie, and especially on the coast. And, you know, a few people probably had said to us, you're mad sort of trying to start your own business now. Um, but we sort of had the mentality if, we'll, if we can get in and, survive and go all right now then when it does pick up and there's a bit more happening well then we'll be right yeah and that's yeah it's pretty pretty much how it planned out really yeah um, you know yeah we would i said every small business has their 
hiccups and hurdles along the way and tough times, but yeah. Yep. So it just started out the two of you? Yeah, yep. so it was just me and Jace. So how many have you got working for you now? Do you know off the top of your head? Put you on the spot now. <laughs> oh, counting me and Jason and Emma and uh, 16 of us, I think. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Mm. Oh, good. And is it mainly just new builds that you're doing these days? Or do you still do yeah, the renovation was, side of it? No, or? we probably haven't done renovations for the last 12 months or so. Yeah. Um, just purely because there's so many new builds. Yeah. Um, so we just sort of think we've got a bit of a niche in that at the moment. So we'll continue on with that. But I'm sure, I'm sure of years to come that. Um, we'll certainly be doing Renault's yeah. and tracking out. It's not going to keep going the way it is forever. Yeah. Um, which, which I think it is going to go for a, a fair period of time now. You know, people are talking about two years, but I think it's probably going to drag out a little bit longer than that. Um, yep. We can only hope. Yep. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so a couple of quick foot fire ones just to finish off, mate. So. Can you think of what your biggest challenge has been through the journey? Like what the hardest time was for you, and how you sort of worked your way through it? Uh, probably what I touched on before, like I um, probably getting delisted. Like I was probably very lucky over my whole career. I didn't have any major injuries, so I didn't have to overcome knee injuries like a lot of guys do. Or, yep. You know, I was, would have been lucky to miss half a dozen games of footy in my whole career. So yep. I was very, very lucky in that sense. Um, so yeah, like I said, I didn't have none of those. So, so the, probably the delisting was probably the hardest thing that I had to deal with. Yeah. Um, like I touched on before, you know, you spend two years living in each other's back pockets and then you rock up and say, she's all over, fellas, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yep. Are you still in touch with any of the guys that you played with? Yeah, a little bit. I still have a little bit to do with Stephen Baker. I've seen him a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, but, yeah, not, not as much as I sort of filtered up the way in the years. You know, the guys are in, everyone moves on, I suppose. It's yeah. a long time ago now. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has their own families. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. Um, so who would you say has been the biggest influences in your life? Like there might be a couple of people, but yeah, um, yeah. Like there's no one that's just the one person. I, I, I probably in the early stages of footy and um, I look at it now is Chris Fagan, who's he was my Mariners coach. Yep. And, um, he was yeah he was and it's pretty much just what he what he comes across now. Like yep. he, you can see that everyone loves him. He's yeah. such a really good guy. And did he fire up back then? Yeah, like he, he does yeah. now. Bloody hope. He was. <laughs> I reckon he was angrier then. <laughs> so, but he was like, yeah, he was just one of those guys that you really, you wanted to, do well by him, and you know you just wanted to impress him because he was such a good fella. So he was, yep. yeah, I think in those early years in Mariners, probably guide him. And then, obviously, in your life, your parents play a massive part in that. And um, you know, my parents have been unbelievable to me. And Back, back to whatever I wanted to do and so that's yeah they're, they're probably the two or three people that have probably had the most influence on me yep excellent um, can you think of any advice that you've been given along the journey that you'd pass on to somebody else whether they were looking to start a new business or whether they were looking to get into um, you know make a, a professional career out of sport or anything is there anything that sort of jumps out at you uh, not really it's more like the old the old footy signs like I always remember and it's funny when you get when you actually do finish, you remember sitting there when you're playing and some past player coming in and saying, you know, hey, you'll blink and she'll be over and you'll yeah. say, yeah, what are you? What are, whatever, whatever, <laughs> old bastard. I'm going to be here forever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it, it literally is that. Like it, and if you could, if you could actually tell yourself back then that, you know, I oh, actually need, it is over like that. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that would be the most, the big thing that I would try and say to any young kid is that, yeah, and they'll probably, you know, they'll get told it all the time, but it actually is getting yep. because it does go like that. And then yep. you get to the end, you, 
you wish you could play, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd love to still be playing if you could? Oh, yeah, I, lo- I love playing footy, but I, I'm not a massive um, watcher. So I really, yeah, I was passionate and loved every minute that I played, but, um, yeah, I'm not one that will sit, sit and watch game after game after game on TV or yep. something like that. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. That's pretty much all I've got for you, mate. Last thing that I will go through with you, though, obviously when I get um, when I get a guest coming on, I try to keep it as private and low-key as I possibly can, but Devonport being Devonport, word filters out sometimes <laughs> of who I'm speaking to, and some of the stories about you, mate, started coming thick and fast, so there's a couple of things that we do need to cross off on and confirm. Yeah, here we go. You're getting nervous now, you're getting bloody yeah. nervous, aren't you? So someone that I was talking to um, happened to tell me that they managed to acquire a Subaru off you, and this particular person was driving it down along Beach Road in Alveston and couldn't figure out why all of the locals were trying to tell her to do burnouts. Apparently, the previous <laughs> owner of the car was pretty good on the on the pedal. It um, the old red Subaru. I don't know where this story's come from. Um, yeah, no, it was, just a mutual well, friend. Yeah, a mutual friend. Um, yeah, I've got a few good stuff. Well, that, that car was better in reverse than what it for. You used to do a lot of reverse donuts. Okay? We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, I also heard from, um, and I won't name my sources, but I also heard that uh, occasionally when the old man used to go out, you would borrow the Land Cruiser and mark where the Land Cruiser was parked with sticks so you could put it back in the correct spot. And this was before you had a license, and you and this particular person would go joyriding around the neighbourhood and doing burnouts. Yeah, that's that's true as well. Um, <laughs> two out of two. Uh, probably lucky that we very well, not probably very lucky that we grew up in uh, up the sticks in Sprint, <laughs> um, Afghanistan, as my mates used to call it. <laughs> um, but yeah, mum and dad would uh, go out somewhere, and uh, and the sister would Brooke would uh, find the keys and then uh, move her out of the shed and. Go for joy right up around Sprint and then uh, ended up doing the same with Jace's pride and joy, his little VL Commodore. He used to have. <laughs> so I was probably uh, looking back at it. It was lucky to get away with it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Well, I think you covered your tracks pretty well. That's pretty ingenious, you know, marking out where it was yeah, parked it was and flicked a few leaves back around the wheels so that no one knows. <laughs> so it looked like it hadn't been moved. Yeah. Last one. So apparently, to, to get where you needed to through your through your sporting career, you had to have a lot of confidence. And apparently, back in the day, you thought that you could have a go at pretty much anything. Um, another unnamed source used to have a horse, apparently, and it was only a little <laughs> horse. And apparently, her brother decided one day that he was going to jump on this horse because he could do anything. He could ride this horse, and I'm told it wasn't much bigger than a sheep, and it bucked him off. Is that correct? Yeah. No. We used to have. Uh, obviously, I grew up with horses. Mum and my sister used to ride them aunties and uncles and cousins and so on so we spent a lot of time around going to these endurance rides and stuff and camping over it's pretty cool when you think about it and yeah. then um yeah we used to uh, me and jason dad used to always ride the motorbikes so we always grew up riding motorbikes and they we always had horses around anyway my sister got this horse this little new pony and it just kept bucking everyone off yeah Everyone was a bit scared, so I said, give me a go on this thing, can't be that hard. The horse whisperer. Yeah, thought I'd, thought I'd be a chance to just ride it around the paddock, but I think I lasted 0.5 of a second. <laughs> she was bucked me off, and uh, I thought, right, that'll do, mate. Yeah. I don't think I've been on a horse since. <laughs> That's what this person said, too. She hasn't seen you on a horse since. No, so. no not real. Okay. Thanks for that, Brooke. <laughs> So no, that'll do us, mate. So unless you've got anything else that you want to go through, then... No, mate, that's all. That's no, pretty much yeah. us. I had a good time. Thank Pre- you. Appreciate your time, mate. Thanks for coming in. Cheers, no worries. Good on you.
Thanks again for coming in, Kurt, and telling your story, mate. Much appreciated. If you like what you heard, make sure you do all those cool techie things. Make sure you like, leave a review, subscribe, recommend it to your mum, recommend it to your dad, recommend it to your neighbour. Let us know if you think it's crap. Let us know if you think it's good. Um, Certainly want to improve it and make it as good as we possibly can. So uh, keep listening. We've got some great guests coming up, and we'll talk to you next time.